I think I entered a bit of a depression. It was not just suspended. I was excommunicated. You can't take a monk cave mindset in a concrete jungle. I don't want to solve for climate change. I don't operate in balances. I operate in extremes. AI has to be a great and efficient slave. It cannot become the master. Welcome to the Breaking Uneven podcast. We love to talk shop, uncover the beauty of failures, and play a few games. We're talking to the founder of Workforce, Samyak Chakravarti, today. After completing his degree at Jaihind College, Samyak leapt into the world of marketing with DDB Mudra, became a fellow at Ink Talks, and thereon jumped into entrepreneurship. First with the Green Bhakti project, and then Workforce. Um, have you missed anything noteworthy from your journey so far? that i was um you know the turning point in my life was was at the age of 16 in school i was suspended for a month uh, because i wrote a love letter a 14 page love letter <laughs> oh, 14 page so 20 i mean so two sides so 28 pages actually uh and um in, i profusely ex- expressed my love for her how i envision a world with her how how um uh, being with her helps me you know find my purpose but I thought I was writing a great letter, but uh, as it happened, it uh, came into the hands of the principal, and um, I was suspended for a month. And that was a turning point of my life, because um, for whatever reason, and I thank universe for it. I saw it very conversely. I said, "I'm being punished for being expressive, for being fearless, for 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 being emotionally intelligent." And these are all the skills that actually really matter for success, especially today in the context of automation. So that incident in my life um, was a turning point, uh, and that kind of you know made me want to say screw you to the system, and and got me to where I am today. Oh my god, that's insane! Uh, and like at such a young age, but yeah. Before we delve deeper into all of that, yeah. um, we have a quick little game for you to yeah. understand more about workforce. So let's get started with that, and then get into yes how. Cool. So the first game we play is called the Twitter Pit Challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter is known for its two hundred and eighty character limit on every tweet, which sometimes makes it a little difficult to convey your thoughts. Yeah. So it takes about twenty seconds to speak two hundred and eighty characters, and yeah. basically we're going to transfer this challenge to you, which is to explain to us Workforce in twenty seconds. But it's not so easy. You also need to use one emoji and one hashtag in your tweet. Cool. Yeah. All right, so I'm not going to give you more time to think. No, um, I will start. <laughs> All right, so your time starts now. Workforce enables humans to outsmart artificial intelligence at work. Hashtag remain relevant. The emoji is um, a robot, but being hit by a man. Not bad, not bad at all. Under fifteen seconds. Very well done. You also. Made it quite tough because we like to translate this into an actual Twitter post when we post about it, and I don't know where I'm going to find that emoji. Um, it won't be one in actuality; it'll be like a human um, <laughs> winning, battling with a with a machine. I'm going to make it happen. I'll make it happen somehow. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Before I guess before we get into workforce, I want to go back to um your life changing moment. That is, yeah. uh, you writing that love letter. So just. Curious to know that in that one month where you were suspended, like what did you do? What was like the thought process, and what did you do in that month? First, uh, much to my mother's disappointment, I, I ate Monjini's cake with chocolate sauce every afternoon. Um, <laughs> and however, to go deeper, it was I think I entered a bit of a depression uh, because which I learned retrospectively. Um, and and that chocolate, uh, that cake, and the chocolate sauce was my dopamine hit to remain remain in in, in focus. um you know that one month um so fortunately my parents and family were very supportive because they were laughing like you know you got suspended to write a love letter uh anuj if you you're you're a i you know you're a power boy but since you're a car boy now uh banda car boy there's the sudben ml was the school that i went to and at that time it was a very orthodox gujarati sindhi mix school and um it was not just suspended i was excommunicated because all the parents were warned that you know um, you shouldn't let your your child uh, hang out with samyak uh, most of the parents were from very orthodox families uh, we were the only i think in my entire class my parents and one more were only working professionals 
who moved from outside Bombay and had seen the world. Uh, so it was a good school academically, I will give it. But in terms of uh, letting a child be, it was very restrictive. So I was excommunicated and, you know, suddenly it felt like um, I molested a girl. I'm sorry to put it so bluntly, but the punishment that I was given and the, the, the experience that I was given was I've actually done something that I shouldn't have done. Whereas all I did was uh, profess my then back then love for, for a girl like any guy or girl would do, right? Uh, so in that month, um, and I was 16, so and I believe a lot in, in destiny and, and spirituality. So I think that that event triggered my Dark Night of the Soul, um, which is essentially a, a poem uh, which describes a soul journey that is triggered by a life-changing event. And that one month I discovered what's my life's purpose, which I'm still living now. It is to create platforms that recognize a person's inner talent, uh, their, their, their creative talents. Uh, and by creative, I don't mean art, but the word create, the, the talent to create something and nurture that, enable that um, so that no system can excommunicate a person because they don't fall in line with the system, whatever that line may be. That's what I did in the month. I cooked up my life's purpose. And I say cooked up because I don't believe that you know, everything is just, I mean, universe creates conditions, but you still have to figure it out in your head and then move towards it. Now, it's extremely interesting to know, like, those moments in life, which has, like, redirected people's lives completely and, like, make them the people they are. Yeah. So it's great. To, I wouldn't say great, but, like, in the sense that, like, the way it happened and the way it... No, it's great. I think, I think yeah. that we humans underrate the power and beauty of suffering. And this whole current uh, toxic positivity professed by social media is doing doing great disservice to to the true spiritual process that every human must go through. I mean, I'm happy that I had a painful um, school school life because um, that has pushed me to to do something meaningful. I mean, um, at the cost of sounding um, pompous or arrogant, uh, most of the other people that uh, who are the good students in my batch or celebrated by teachers are now influencers. Um, they are just, they're just doing things to make themselves money and make themselves famous. Uh, and they're not really doing meaningful stuff for the world. And I put myself um, slightly above based on what I'm doing. And I thank that tough moment for it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I think like overall, um, yeah, people run away from suffering, but in a lot of cases, the suffering is what brings you much more. It's, yeah. uh, we've had a couple of conversations and it's always like in the sense of desperation is where innovation has been created and it's where they've grown from. So yeah, that's definitely interesting to see. And I guess for it to be laid out in the way that your life has turned out as well. But um. I definitely want to put a pin on the spirituality part and things like that. I think we'll get back to that at some point in our conversation. But yeah. before we delve deeper into that or even work worse, I wanted to know a little more about your experience at uh, Ink Talks and what did it, your engagement as a fellow really mean? Um, you know, I, I think platforms like Ink um, are, are great at at making different people meet. You know, if I were to summarize my experience as being a ink fellow, um, I had someone who had invented a 3D printer. I had this uh, very famous, actually, young boy called Shrikant Bola, who, who is a blind boy, and he runs a 100 crore plus business um, called Bolland Industries, even though he's uh, specially able. Uh, I had somebody who was on the mission to legalize cannabis, um, and then I had somebody who is um, trying to build a device to speak to plants, you know. So it's a, it's a wide-ranging uh, set of people. And, and what fellowships like INC do is they expose you to the realm of possibilities and build new neural pathways in your brain that, that you otherwise, while you're in your echo chamber, uh, can't. And, and I would like to state that this is not networking because... And why I particularly like the Inc. Fellowship is we had no business connection with each other. We I have not benefited, if I may use the word, from knowing either, except we've gone on great dinners and, and, and so on. Um, 
here is where because see, otherwise there are many like you know platform where you network with founders other founders and you network with other creators but that's very transactional i mean you know uh, anuj and i are part of various forums where you know that you are coming to get something or give something both ways but there are few platforms where you go to open your mind you know that's it you just go with an open mind and i think that's the ink fellowship experience for me do you think you know other than ink are there any i don't feel like there are too many of these such platforms because to me at least almost everything seems super transactional nowadays in the sense that it's and i'm not saying transactional is bad it can be good as well it can be done well yeah but i mean i with the way you describe ink i don't know if i've seen any of those kind of platforms recently in india do you want a a a blunt answer to that uh, but is slightly being politically incorrect in the current times but i think india is still has to mature in terms of what what relationships outside of of familial and emotional what they mean i i see so i travel to the to the west quite a lot and i have been part of various platforms uh, and i see that that their people give a lot of value to connecting to a human's life experience a human's um, knowledge experience and 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 engaging on that level first and then moving to a transaction here i see that because we are hustlers and there's also a positive side to it because we are a very robust economy that can survive um, all forms of recession because we are hustlers we are jugaadus but a collateral of that is therefore we look at every person as a means to an end uh because of the 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 dark side of a hustler mindset uh we don't have enough uh platforms not because those platforms cannot exist but because people are very um um calculative of why am i going here what will i get out of it why do i want to sit and learn from a 3d printing guy when i'm 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 probably into a completely opposite business i have nothing to learn from him um having said that it is slowly evolving um as as our economy opens up as we become more globally relevant um and as more people from from aspirational and emerging towns come into the system their curiosity is going to ensure that we have more such platforms yeah no, i agree i agree i think you need i i agree that india is a very has a has a strong hustle culture and such kind of you know seeking open mindedness comes after you feel like you've achieved your like a self actualization you know like yeah. aaj baad mein but in cultures where both go hand in hand you will see a lot more such platforms that that just make you meet random people it's like speed dating of 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 brilliant minds yeah <laughs> Okay, so let's let's come to you know I I don't want to say green bhakti or Nimaya or work first. Let's come to soft skills training, right? Which across your three platforms is is a problem you've chosen to tackle, and it can be through different demo towards different demographics. But what is your one line of insight, right? What is that one thing that clicked in your mind that made you want to tackle soft skills training for young minds? You know. Um... let's change the word from soft skills to intelligence enhancement i use the word soft skills because it is a more commercially understandable and sellable word but what i am actually doing is i am lighting battis in people's minds or more technically speaking firing up new neural connections uh because i fundamentally believe that humans where we will continue to have an edge over artificial intelligence in at least the coming next decade is our ability to think perform and and create in uncertainty now think about this right there were two flint stones and somehow we figured and converted that to a spark that led to a fire and now we have nuclear bombs now now there was no there was no manual that this spark one day that was uh, created in prehistoric times will enable us to think about creating a fire like a nuclear bomb but we've always created an uncertainty and then built on it built on it built on it uh but i find that the system and this is not india this is globally 
the system actually did reverse engineering where it said stop thinking follow process follow instructions so in a sense we were made robots of a few masters my mission is to reverse that my mission is to open up the mind and bring back people to the awareness that you already have in you that today employers want critical thinking problem solving emotional intelligence all of this is already innate it has just been shut i want to open it i want people to to use what makes them them and bring that to the table because that is something that a another person cannot replicate and b most certainly a robot will not be able to replicate it can emulate but not create from scratch and that's my mission in life and that's why nimaya that's why green batti that's why workforce through different forms it is to open and ignite people's mind and to bring out from within what what uh, in terms of professionally what you can put on the table that's interesting in terms of um your thought process behind why and also like what you're trying to get at and uh another thing is that when anuj and i went on your website we saw like the workforce website we saw that it says under manifestation and throughout right now also you're talking about self actualization manifestation and i guess now i'm coming back to that spirituality point what is, why does it say under manifestation because i'm creating a world a world of work and and um you cannot you cannot build a world of work you cannot uh, you, you you cannot construct a world of work you cannot you cannot construct or build any world you have to imagine it and you have to lay the foundation of a few pieces that eventually will create itself into the form and various forms that it will take because very practically speaking in workforce what happens is each learner will have an avatar of himself or herself working in an imaginary company and their choices will lead to the next consequence and how the story plays out right so i'm not pre-programming it therefore i am envisioning it but leaving room for variability that is my manifestation because um you know a lot of people say oh manifest what you want and you will get it the dark truth is you will get the essence of it you will not get what you want i always wanted to marry katrina kaif i meditated on katrina kaif you know but clearly vicky kaushal got 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 the uh, prize there so so but 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 the 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 fact is that what i what i uh, truly felt and the essence i always whatever wherever i focused on the essence of an experience that i wanted an opportunity that i wanted happened so my realization of manifestation is you think of the essence and leave room for variability which is why i use the word manifestation yeah that's a different take on manifestation like i think it at least i understood it a little more better because yeah at the end of the day you're trying to imagine the feeling that you get yeah. for getting that or achieving that kind of yeah. um the yeah. things if you manifest that feeling it's trying to give the universe a chance to play whatever it wants in your way because you can't do that yeah because you can't you can't say na ki i manifest that i want to be, i want to earn a billion dollars you manifest that sense of financial accomplishment yeah now you could even get it from like for example i'll, I'll tell you when i learned this that you know my driver from 14 years babu my man friday uh i guess somewhere he he was hoping to get a little boost in income uh because he had certain responsibilities um and uh, you know i i had some spare cash so it just occurred to me in my mind and it was 25000 rupees uh, occurred to me in my mind that you know i think he, he sh- i want to give him 25000 rupees bonus this year he's been very good so i gave him 25000 rupees and uh, he's also you know sometimes we drink beer not before driving but we drink together uh and and he was like he was in tears he said maine socha hi nahi mujhe 25000 milega and i felt that his feeling would be same as if i got 25 lakhs so the feeling is the same right the the, the, the numerical currency is different i don't think he would have been any happier if it was one more zero he would have would have thought now i'll do this i'll do that but that sense that when you're in deprivation and you get a boost that's the feeling right yeah um so in terms of manifestation and going a little more into like spirituality 
how has spirituality played a role in your business career and uh, like yeah in either your entrepreneurship journeys or even in terms of just career in general you know so first let's talk about what i mean by spirituality yeah and then my meaning is not any better than your or right over yours because i firstly believe something that jiddu krishna murthy put it very beautifully there is no um, right way or wrong way there is your way to god you know yeah uh, i i met a i met a pothead who said i smoke my way to god cool man if 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 that works for you then sure man no problem right so spirituality for me is being extremely self aware of my spirit and backward fitting all my choices my actions my reactions my decisions to what makes my spirit feel content alive and in forward movement that is spirituality for me and therefore where it has played a role is i make my actions choices decisions based on that as an anchor i am not necessarily the most mindful human being because i am also a, a business person so i have to be aggressive uh, i am i am um, quite and quite quite aggressive actually as as my colleagues would tell you uh of course i do it uh with with, a, with with zero toxicity but it is still aggression because usually you have the because i'm i'm a i'm quite authoritative i'm quite um mean as my people call me because i don't care if it's a saturday or a sunday i need this shit done and that's all i care about so so a lot of people think spirituality means om namah shivaya or being very peaceful or being very kind that may be so but it is also being self aware and and knowing what you really want and acting towards it you know funnily enough when i <clears throat> and i started my career back in india uh, a year and a half ago now mm-hmm. um when i came back i was very hell bent on taking my experience from the uk which is a beautiful mm-hmm. experience absolutely brilliant job brilliant managers and everything you know focused on mental well being and all of those things I wanted to take that experience and translate it to Indian work culture, which yeah. Indian work culture traditionally is terrible, right? Yeah. And I went to the other extreme end of it, where you know someone told me, "Hey, I'm not feeling too good today. Mm. At like three p.m., can I <clears throat> can I leave for the day?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, of course. You know, please go take care and stuff like that." Even if they had something to work on, which was on a deadline. Yeah. And I realized over time, and this is something which my father told me, is it's good what they're trying to do. but there's a limit there is a certain level of as you call it aggression there is a certain level of you know where does the buck stop that you need to build into this because people will maybe not today but 6 months from now a year from now people will start taking advantage of you and a year and a half later i've still not found the right balance so here's how i put it so i have this wonderful writer in my in my team uh you know the conventional tree loving nature nature loving person who thinks all mankind or all all energy kinds are connected beings and we should express each other with love and all of that and we were having this conversation over a beer i said can you pay with love that's one thing i told him second thing i told him if you want to be a monk in a cave then you live in that cave you can't take a monk cave mindset in a concrete jungle where you also negotiate your salary with me because next time i'll give you appraisal in love no i will not give you appraisal in cash so 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 so, so the reason i say this is that spirituality is so um, under sorry is yeah so it it's so incorrectly explained to our generation today and i take the 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 higher ground here because i put myself through learning from old masters uh through books through i've met people i've spent an hour with the dalai lama as well when i was younger uh thanks to my grandparents and i realized that spirituality is is not a definition it is it is an experience or a path that you want to take based on the purpose that you have set for yourself or has been set for you and you do it with all intensity I agree. I agree. Spirituality. I mean, as you said, right? So that spirituality is everyone's own way. Yeah. There's no saying what's the right way, wrong way. It's what everyone believes. I mean, um, I'll give you an example. You know, I mean, something that I 
I, I noticed uh, I was, uh, I'll, you know, uh, every Ganpati near uh, the Bandra Talao, they make Ganpatis next to the temple. So I was walking one day and I saw this uh, Karigar uh, sculpting a Ganpati there with such focus and intensity that I think he met Ganpati's spirit more than the people who do Visarjan with so much noise. So, but, but that those people are considered more religious and more spiritual because they, they dance and revel in the name of God. But this person who probably cannot afford to, to Visarjita Ganpati is making the Ganpati with such intensity. And I'm not saying those guys aren't spiritual. I'm saying it doesn't matter. It's, it's to each their own. But you can't say the guy who made the Ganpati but is not doing the puja because he cannot afford it is less religious or spiritual. You know, I have the same argument with my mom. Every morning, she does puja and everything. And she's asked me to, you know, um, what do you call it? Take Ashirvat from the from the temple at home and then leave for work. Yeah. And I have a habit of touching her feet every morning. And I, I told her one day, mom, you have your way that, you know, you, you pray to God and you do your ritual and everything. For me, my ritual is taking your blessing. But still haven't convinced her. Uh, that's she, too- <laughs> oh, that's weird because I mean you are. I wish my. I'm sure my mother wishes the same. But wow, see everything is so contextual. No, most mothers say. Everything is unending. It's a never-ending thing. But tell me this now. We've hmm. already seen that you know spirituality is an anchor for you through which you solve problems. But you know that every problem is not meant to be solved. So tell us one specific problem that you haven't been able to solve yet, and why? Haven't been able to, or don't want to? Because haven't been able to is I'm still in the journey. Don't want to. Oh, haven't been able to. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to. Very interesting. I think, uh, and I'm going to be extremely unpopular, uh, but again, who cares? Uh, I don't want to solve for climate change. Uh, I don't care about the problem enough. Why? Because I believe in this larger, larger theory that we are going to move towards an end. And it will be a physical end. It will be an existential end. And the physical end includes the perishing of the environment. One. Two, every human activity has a negative carbon footprint. Now, if we are constantly, if we want to really solve for climate change, we have to stop moving. We have to shut this laptop right now. We have to shut this session now because somewhere a server is burning energy and somewhere as a result of this conversation, some minus is happening in the environment. So climate change is a problem I don't want to solve because A, I do not think it can be solved unless humans seize all activity or humans seize all desire, which is absolutely not happening. Like with due respect to Greta Thunberg, she took a, um, a, 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 a environmentally friendly ship from wherever she sailed to New York. She went to the UN, made a face at Trump. Trump looked at her. He also made a face at her. He went to about his business and no one really cared because uh, and, and and most people who come to the COP summit uh, or climate change come in private jets, you know, so like really where's climate change? So that's a problem that I don't really care about or want to solve because it is going to happen anyways. That's an interesting take. I think I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like um, trying to save every carbon footprint of mine or trying to be like the perfect person in that sense. But I think, like, to me, there's still some sense of balance. Like, I think it doesn't have to be, like, an extreme in the sense that, okay, fine, like, it's going to end, so why not try at all? But at the same time, it's not like, okay, I'm going to restrict every movement or being to be able to solve that because that's not going to work either. So, I mean, like, do you think that, like, in your universe, is there, like, a balance or do you think... No, I don't. I don't operate in balances. I operate in extremes. So for me, it's yeah. like if I can, if I, I can solve for unemployability because theoretically it's possible to to enhance soft skills or workplace intelligence of every graduate. Should I have the money and the access? Can I? I can do it, right? So there is, it's solvable. But if I feel that this is unsolvable, not just by me, theoretically it is unsolvable. 
then why do i put my mind to it okay like yeah. to say yeah. that to say that you know i met, I met this guy who is trying to promote alternative meats i said your test is if you can convince a punjabi guy from giving up his tandoori cooker and taking plant based cooker not even like you know grilled chicken burger and all i said look if you can convince a hardcore punjabi to give up his tandoori chicken then we'll talk if you can't do that alternative meats are not going to be democratized in india one little south bombay club sequel going people you want to convince sure feel good be great on instagram but alternative meats won't become mainstream so now why not start so sure, i mean people can do it but yeah. you rather focus more on what you can actually solve like you can solve for poverty you can solve for unemployability you can solve for gender equity even so those are things i think in energy should be put towards i have a very grim outlook on this which is whenever i see a movie like avengers or 2012 mm. any of these right where there's a human race extinction level event mm. my first thought is let it happen now but if you think about it yeah all the sorrow and everything in this world exists because humans are alive world peace is all humans are getting extinct after the extinction level event who cares my one left to care only my prediction is my prediction is one day when ai has more greater control on our systems it will realize that the source of all problems is human itself and you could have a bot saying screw you guys you are the problem i'm pressing off i'm pressing your off button theoretically it's possible but even if you look at it uh, even if you look at it archaeologically sorry historically and even if you look at mythology if there is if, if those who believe mythology we have we have we have been through four yugs and apparently this is the last yug and after every yug there is a reset so so there might be a reset and it's fine i think I think we over dramatize. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll come. Janvi, I'll let you speak. I just want to complete this one thing. We over dramatize our existence. You know, I mean, we are just a small speck in not just as human race, but the Earth itself is a small speck on, in in the larger cosmos. Like we give we give too much of a damn about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I agree in that sense. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah, we think. ourselves too much than we actually are and um also in the sense of like whether it's coming to an end or whatever it is and it is a great possibility and that's fine and in the grand scheme of things if people believe in sense of destiny or fate nothing we do is going to make a difference to like the outcome then like if you put it in that perspective but i feel like um like to honor just point in the sense of like oh like let the world die like Fair, but the idea of all peace is for us to experience it, not for like the world to experience it after there's no world. But again, like that's just, I guess, like a thought. But I mean, I mean, think about it, right? I'm going to put it even more bluntly. When we talk about our individual selves, uh, our parents had sex and we were born, so we have no control on that act, why it happened, or when it happened. Before, before you came out of your mother's womb. what were you let's not get into soul and all because yes i do believe in soul but now so samyak is my identity of if in this moment as is janvi as anuj so let's talk about janvi and anuj and samyak right so before you came out of your womb you don't know what you were something's going to happen and you're going to die i mean randomly today you are gymming and you get a heart attack imagine that i mean you know people think yeah. they're going to fitness and they meet heaven right so you don't know that as well so because the two most important events of your life the start and end are not in your control yes you most certainly want to experience that journey to its to its maximum intensity which is why i spoke about purpose because purpose is therefore a story you create for yourself to give some meaning to your life and which is why i am doing the work that i am doing you may be doing the work that you are doing but if you take it too seriously what happens is if you do not achieve that purpose if you do not achieve the outcome that you want you will sit back and say my life was a waste yeah. in your last 3 4 years even today yeah. the greatest leaders modi ji xi jinping putin biden elon musk all are going to end up in the same graveyard no as you and me yeah 
Yeah, no, I agree in the sense of purpose. I think it's so important in terms of like the drive you have or like what you're working towards. And I think, I guess like pulling it back to what your purpose is in terms of that. I think an interesting tagline you have is that um, building a world where we, um, humans are more powerful than AI. I, sorry, I'm paraphrasing that, but what, like what was the intention behind that? Like at this point in time, a lot of people are of the belief that AI is going to overpower humans and you're trying to like negate that or like go in the other direction. So what yeah, was because the earth was, earth was meant for natural beings. These are just AIs, just like, you know, one couple of excited creators, hungry and, uh, uh, you know, hungry and uh, greedy venture capitalists. So these hungry and greedy venture capitalists meet uh, imaginative innovators and tech guys who really just one wants to have the joy of creation. One wants to have the joy of taking a billion dollar exit from that creation. And then there comes in efficiency because humans are lazy. So now we need to create efficiency. But to what end? To what end? Earth was built for natural beings first. You can't take care of your humans. You can't take care of your dogs. You can't take care of your children. You can't take care of your environment in this conversation. And you want to suddenly build this entity that is completely new. It makes no bloody sense to me. So then I'm like, you know, while the world is talking about upgrading tech, I want to talk about upgrading humans. Because so long as civilization lasts, humans need to remain in control. No, for sure. That um, that makes sense in the grander scheme of things. And I think we've reached a point um, right now where some people have lost that sense of uh, thought, right? Like everyone's trying to push in terms of the AI being smart. or Also, like there are definitely people working towards how to make it in the sense that it doesn't destroy the human race, but everyone has that conversation of like, oh, AI is going to take over and things like that. But like no one's really directing energy to like, okay, let's upgrade the human intellect or let's work on creating better humans that they're still like in control of what's going on versus... Yeah, I can like, be I'm going to put this uh, again as very sharply. AI has to be a great and efficient slave. It cannot become the master. The human has to be the yeah. master. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think AI is a great tool. Like, I think it's really like uh, going to help us in so many ways. But it's, as you said, it has to be a good slave and not See, necessarily. Uh, an analogy over- here is an analogy here is a calculator is a great aid to make complex yeah. calculations. But when the what if the calculator starts telling you what numbers you need to think about? That's dangerous, no? Right now, you are telling the calculator, when you go 2 plus 2 bold, TK4. But the, imagine now the calculator says, now you need to earn 4. No, 4 plus 4 is going to be 44. That's what AI one day will do to create its own logic and you'll have to abide by it. Already happening, no? Instagram, which is driven by AI and ML-based algorithms, is now telling you who to date. What should be your ideal girlfriend? Where should be your next vacation? It's already in a subtle way happening. Now imagine that at government level, at work, workplace level. This episode has become very dark. Very grim episode. Our grimmest episode so far. <laughs> I don't know. believe in anything at this point. Funnily enough, it's been one of our funniest episodes also. You should really start a dark comedy stand-up show somehow. By the way, let's... let's... In the interest of time, let's move on to our next challenge. Um, so to understand more about your journey with Workverse, we're going to play um, Two Lies, One Truth. Self-explanatory game, but basically whether it's challenges or achievements or a mix of both, you give us three statements out of which one is the actual truth, something that happened or something that is, and two are false statements. We have to try and guess which one's the truth. Hmm. Um, I came on a, mm-hmm. I once came on a talk show with Deepika Padukone to, um, I was India's youngest CEO at the age of 16 and three, um, I nominated myself to come on the Forbes 30 under 30 Asia list. It's a very tough one. And yeah. I think that's the fastest anyone has come up with these three statements also. Gosh. And I've done my research. It's still very tough. Okay. I'm going to go with the first one. Deepika Padukone. Is the, the truth you're saying? Is the and truth. You, 
you concur what Jamini? Do you say, I think I'm gonna say oh, I think I'm gonna go for the second one the youngest CEO so Anuj is right I actually came on a talk show with um, with Deepika Padukone the best experience of my life I was like what 19 or 20 I don't remember uh, and I was in college uh, and I was obviously a little media media friendly then uh, since then and I had been covered quite a lot so I get this random call from some, someone saying that uh, we would like to invite you for a talk show uh, at Film City so I said okay I said now um, I'm pretty sure that whoever they had uh, in, in place with me earlier dropped out and um, it was a show called Tere Mere Beach Me B-E-A-C-H uh, by Farah Khan it was a talk show where they would bring one, one emerging Bollywood star and then an emerging non-Bollywood uh, personality. And uh, so when I, but, but I don't know all this. I just got a call. I said, Film City, they are sending a car. I met college. I I just left college. I went and I went into Film City for the first time in Goregaon. And there are these huge makeup vans. And I, I, I'm not really now, maybe I dress well, but earlier I didn't care about my dress at all. I had like very, I had falling hair at the age of 20. Um, and, uh, so I was, whatever, I was not, not meant to be on a talk show. Um, and I, I was like confused. And then one guy comes and says, you know, there's a show here. You are with, uh, and Om Shanti Om had just released. So I knew who Deepika Padukone is, but never really obviously thought about more of her. Yeah. But, but we, we shared the same makeup brand and I was like, wow. And it, yeah. Yeah. It was, but That's it was so tough. cool. It was a tough experience because uh, first time it was a fully scripted show and I had to wear like thick corduroy pants and a satin shirt and you have these big lights and then like, you know, uh, my my speaking was lesser, hers was more, but like she would speak and then the clap timing also had to be because, you know, you see those things in the movies where they have to press applause and these paid guys applaud and they had to do one thing like 10 times and I was sweating. Um, it It was tough, but it was it was a great experience. Interesting. I was ju- I was just like, okay, maybe he had a secret little company where he was like 16 and started something. No, I did. Like, you know, he the did, lie he did. Was not, I was a CEO at 16, but I was not India's youngest. Not the youngest. Okay. Yeah. There was also Even a 13 year old. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there'll be some 13 year old one out there. That's yeah. Awesome. I, I mean, there was, there was, there was. I remember meeting him at some forum and I was like, shit, I thought 16 pair was cool. It beat me also. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! But okay, uh, moving on to our next um, challenge. It's called Red Flags. Red flags. So we're gonna, yes, red flags. Uh, we're gonna give you three hypothetical situations composed of two things that are going great and one not so great thing, which is the red flag. And um, you have to assume that these statements are true, and we have adapted these uh, for you. And then you have to pick which situation uh, you would rather be in, and tell us why. Um, so situation one, Workhorse has grown to 200 employees. Uh, you have successfully trained more than 1 million people, but your entire tech stack is wiped out in a cyber attack. Situation two, Workhorse's latest uh, recruitments are coming from foreign clients. Um, MNCs are interested in li- licensing your training for their internal team. But every day, there are more and more copycats popping up in the industry. The last situation, uh, Workhorse has successfully solved the AI and human collaboration problem. You've just raised a very good round of funding, but your recruitment numbers start to drop off and you don't know why. So these are your three situations. I would be in uh, three because one and two... Like one is my main goal, two is the enabler, and three can be solved. Interesting. What do you mean by um, one being okay? One, that's fine. The second being the enabler, and the third being solved. No, no. In situation three, there are three points. On the third is the red flag. Yeah. So I'm saying yeah. one is what I built this company oh, for. In the, this thing. Oh, I thought I, you were. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, so. If Workhorse has solved the AI human collaboration problem, that's what I started for. Yeah. I raised money. Now, with both, I'll solve the third challenge. No recruitment numbers start dropping. Huh. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Sorry, I misunderstood in the sense that you're talking about. Yeah, my bad. 
So I would rather be in situation three. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. <clears throat> um, let's go to the last segment, which is yeah. the rapid fire. Very, yeah. I mean, again, self-explanatory, three seconds to answer, one, one to two word answers. Um, let's start. So question one, how many days of leave have you taken in the last year? Three. What was your proudest moment with Workhorse? The proudest day was when I thought of the name Workhorse. Because we were X billion skills lab before. And Workhorse just popped during a fight with one of my outgoing investors. I'm building the world of work. Workhorse, can't you see it? Workhorse came. What was your biggest sacrifice? To make that same night, you must know this, Anuj. That same night that I had a fight, uh, your dad bought me a drink. And that's the first time I met you too at that uh, meetup. Because your dad started oh. this guy's and, um, and, and and I told him what happened and he's like, you need a drink. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what was your biggest sacrifice to make work worse possible? I don't have a personal life. <laughs> what is your favorite part about the work worse training? That you, you learn by doing. What is the biggest embarrassment you've faced? Other than wearing satin shirt and corduroy pants on a TV show. I uh, walked into a, a, a press conference where uh, about, about uh, this is not work worse. This is when I, uh, I was 19. And the watchman didn't let me enter because he said, I'm not fit to enter that room. And the journalists were still walking in and they were supposed to interview me. Because I was a stony little fellow, not properly dressed, this, that. Gosh, what is the one time you felt like you let work was down? I had a very stupid heartbreak. And for one month, I was like in just a random zone. And now I look back, I'm embarrassed. Would you ever retire? No, no. My grandfather died, who's my inspiration, he died one, he died, he was working till the day before he died. So I'm going to go the same way. Okay. Would you, do you prefer books or podcasts? Books. iPads or notebooks? Notebooks. Are you a morning person or a night owl? I am a night owl, but I have to be a morning person because I run a company. So it's a very tough conflict. Threads or Twitter? Twitter any day. Zuckerberg is a drug peddler. He's, he's peddling. Uh, Instagram is a drug. And that actually brings us brilliantly to our last question. What's your favorite social media? Neither. In general, none of them. I just use it because I have to. I, I don't like it. It's an honest answer. I think it's shit. Okay. Uh, that concludes the rapid fire segment, uh, bringing us almost to the end of our conversation. Uh, what we do at, towards the end is we ask every guest to ask our next guest the question. Neither knows who is who. Um, so first we're going to ask you the question that our previous guest asked of you, and then we're going to ask you for a question for our next guest. So your question is, I would be like, so I would be interested in what is one thing that, um, one thing that the next guest was doing in the beginning, it can be something like a process or, or something that maybe doesn't scale and that they had to change, right? As the company growed, uh, as the company started growing, like what, what, what's the biggest change it can be in how they work or in tools or in stack or anything. I think that might be, might be interesting to hear. I had to stop being friends with my co-team. That was a big change because like I said, I have no personal life. So my life was the office. I would drink with my people. I would go on holidays with them. But then as you scale, you realize you have to maintain some boundaries. Um, so that was, that was the greatest change that I had to make. That's a so solidly yeah. insightful answer. And, yeah, and it's I, not I, just I, me, you know, it's Anujan Janvi. It's uh, most founders who move kind of build something ground up and with a group of people, uh, they have faced this challenge. Um, yep. 
because even the people that they built it with see see them see the founder as a friend as a bro and all of that and suddenly he or she has to become this very commanding authoritative calculative human being and they are like what the hell happened to this person you know he was my friend so it's a very um, uh, common challenge actually that most people don't speak about uh, for i don't know what reason nothing to be embarrassed about but yeah it's it's quite frequent Mm-hmm. I I feel like it's something that's happening to me, you know. As I as I mentioned at the start of the call, that balance that I'm trying to find, this is yeah already been a part of that. Yeah, no, as this podcast grows, we are not going to be going on trips anymore. Our friendship ends. But yeah. Oh, no, this co-founder, we aren't employee yeah. employer, so it's okay. Yeah, that makes it really, co-founders can still remain friends and as they must because. Because that relationship is very important because VCs will try and come and create cracks and divides and all that kind of stuff. People will come and play politics between you two, uh, but you yeah. have to remain right. So, so yeah, co-founder is not a problem or co-hosts. Like I, I, I would like to tell whoever is listening to this that you know society programs us to think we live to earn, we live to procreate, we live to serve familial agendas. but beneath it all lies you the individual before you are someone's son or daughter before you are someone's employee or investee before you are someone's father or mother you are you and while you must play these roles uh, as you may you must always be aware of what is it that you are doing for yourself because you will meet yourself in your last moment you will and what are you going to tell yourself then imagine a imagine a um, i was this morning i was in a conversation at fikki about how do you enable more women to lead at the workplace and a thought came to my mind that you know majority of indian women at least are still homemakers and when they're in that final 5 minutes on that hospital bed or death bed look back and say yaar i raised two kids they have their family i took care of my husband i cooked food yes i had my joy out of it but the joy was that of a role of a mother or a wife what about the individual joy you know so to make this uh, life is otherwise hard yeah it's not easy so to make it meaningful one has to be aware of why i want to exist as an individual and my my advice to each one of those who are listening is sit with yourself and create a story for yourself it doesn't have, and it can change every 6 months but you should live a story that you've created for yourself before what you do for others yeah that love that thank you so much ashley yeah it's great. it's as you say a lot of people live for other people rather than themselves yeah. it's so important to get that yeah. reminder that okay at the end of the day it's you yourself that needs to yeah. be happy with where you are and yeah. it's not playing those roles but yeah so much thank you so much you know for joining us yeah. on the podcast It was an absolute pleasure having you.